Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the Domesticated Dude podcast. I'm Logan, your host on this journey. This is the last episode of 2020. What a crazy year this has been. I think this year has taught us a lot of lessons about what we couldn't do, but I think it was just as important for us to learn about what we do have in our lives and to be thankful for that. I know a lot of us have taken a lot of things for granted, like spending time with friends and loved ones, but I think that's helped us focus on ourselves a little bit more than usual, and it's helped us work on projects around the house, or in my case, it's helped me launch a podcast and start a hobby that I've been wanting to do and just never really had the time to do it. I want to thank you for all of your support in the podcast this year. It's been amazing knowing that you're listening and getting some value from it. Before Christmas, I spent some time talking with my friend Graham, who I met in Reno 14 years ago through fantasy football. I was in Reno for less than a year, but I made some close friendships there, and Graham is one of those guys. Graham and his wife Ashley live in Reno with their two kids, and one of the biggest things that came out of our talk is that Graham always chooses to be happy. Even if things aren't going his way, especially when he tried to find a job after graduating college, it took him a while to get into his career, but he always chose to look on the bright side of things, and that's made him a more positive person. I think that's a great lesson for all of us to think about as we get ready to take on the new year. No matter how difficult things appear to be, you still have the power to stay positive. You still have the power to change your mindset and to look on the bright side of things. I think that's something that we're all going to need going into 2021. As always, if you like what you hear, share it with a friend, leave us a review, and make sure to subscribe so you get the newest episodes immediately. Without further ado, here's my conversation with my friend Graham. I hope you enjoy. Hey Graham, it's good to see you, man. How you doing? Good, Logan. Always good to see you, buddy. I know, man. It's been a while. Been been too long. <laughs> it's crazy because we met each other like 14 years ago, and just recently we started FaceTiming and doing this video call stuff. Yeah, I don't know what took us so long, but uh, yeah, I mean, you're definitely good people, so uh, I I'll I'll do these calls anytime you want. I appreciate that, man. Thanks for coming on, and spending some time with me today. Yeah, appreciate it. So we met, we met about, like I said, 14 years ago in Reno, Nevada. I was going to school there, just moved down there from Alaska. And my roommate, Brittany, um, her brother-in-law, Craig, and you were really good friends and got in with you guys playing fantasy football. What was that like for you guys to have some random guy from Alaska come through in August and be like, yep, all right, well, uh, we need a guy for fantasy football, so we should probably ask him to play with us. That was Troy's league. So, um, you know, one of our good buddies, Troy Edler, uh, he put he put it all together. Um, so I, I don't know, I probably felt like more of an outsider than you did, but because um, I didn't really know Troy all that well at the time either. So, yeah, so it was uh, it was kind of cool. But uh, I'm, I'm glad he did it. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I keep I keep thinking about it. 14 years. That's a long time to be doing one thing with a group of people. We've, we've changed people throughout the league over the years and we've changed leagues throughout the years, but I feel like our core is still the same. And that's pretty rare. I would think, um, in fantasy football, I, I, you know, I'm in a couple different leagues and so are you. So to be able to have that longevity, that's really neat. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of funny and, you know, my wife makes fun of me for being a nerd about it, and, but you know, it, it kind of, it's a way to bring us together and, you know, keep us communicating and, 
I don't know, in the off season, we don't really communicate all that much. So maybe we need to find another way to, to connect, but um, you know, I'm all, I'm all down for your, uh, your idea that you keep pushing to, to do another in-person draft, get it, get everybody together. You know, we're spread out all throughout the country. We got guys in Florida, Tennessee, Nebraska, Nevada, you know, so we, we got guys all over the place. So it'd be nice to bring everybody together. That would be amazing. How's that, uh, how's that pot of money coming that you're trying to grow for that thing? <laughs> it's coming along, not as well as I would have hoped. I thought I had a, you know, like any, any, uh, wise gambler, I thought I had a system, but, uh, it's not working out quite so well. It's cause you kept betting on Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I was using you as my insider and you couldn't tell me when they were going to win. So, I mean, Hey, we lost money. Well, I can tell you when they're not going to win, and that's pretty much well, at least before. Now their basketball team's getting a little bit better. They're showing some signs of life, but I would never bet any money on the football team. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry I let you down so much. I know, man. You're killing me here. <laughs> I keep thinking about that, though. Honestly, I mean that's a that's something that comes in my mind all the time. I would like to be able to somehow parlay that our pot there into a big a big giant pot and just say all right everybody here here's some you know airfare bring your family i'm getting rooms for us all let's let's do this spend a nice long weekend together that would be amazing man one of us needs to win the lottery i think for that to happen seriously yeah but it's been cool to see our group of friends in this league kind of grow up together you know we were we were all in school at the same time. And now a lot of us have families, we're married. So that's, that's been really neat to kind of see, at least from my perspective, from an outsider's view, we keep in touch on social media and through text and stuff, but you know, it's, it's the same story everywhere. Everybody's kind of got their own stuff going on, but this is the one thing that we can rally around and have in common. Right. Yeah. I know. I'm, I mean, again, it, my, I get made fun of for being nerdy about it, but seriously it's like the one thing that's still linking us all together because yeah we're now we're all spread out all across the country we've all got our own lives wives kids whatever and uh you know it's hard to make time for for certain things sometimes so um you know the fact that we're all really into fantasy football and we come keep coming back every year despite how how bad we do uh you know it's good it's good that we uh maintain that link so i'm i'm happy to keep it you know, I'm, I'm happy to, to keep it going as long as everybody else does. But if, if football ever dies off, like it's kind of on that trajectory or, or fantasy, just kind of people get bored of it or whatever, you know, we got to find something else. I don't know what it's going to be, but we got to find something. I'm sure we can. I mean, I don't know if I've talked to you about this, but sometimes my wife and I fill out brackets for the bachelor and the bachelorette. Get into that. Okay. All right. (laughs) Take, take what we can get. Yeah. Uh, so going to school, I, we both went to Reno. I, I went there for a year and then I transferred back to UAA. Um, but did you go to Reno for the extent of your undergrad and what were you majoring in? Yeah, I did. I, I stayed there for undergrad and graduate. Um, I got a bachelor's in geography, uh, which was because the, the planning department was within geography. So, that was kind of the, the only option there. And then I went, followed through and got my master's in land use planning. So it was, it was kind of all in that same department. Um, I started off in business just 
just like, I don't know, 80% of college kids do and, and eventually found my calling. So, uh, no, it was good. That's awesome, man. What, so your calling and, and planning, how does that all work? How did you know that that's what you needed to be going into? Was it just something that you picked up real quickly and were really interested in it or what, did, what was that like? Uh, well, actually, I mean, you know, I took geography, whatever, 101 or 103 is just kind of a core class. Um, you know, I love the professor, loved the subject. And, you know, I, I, I started taking some more of those as electives. And I was like, you know what? Business just doesn't do it for me. doesn't excite me. Um, so kind of I switched majors at that time, went into geography and found out about this whole planning thing, which interested me even more. And, um, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. It was just kind of by chance, but um, you know, I, I think something that I've always had that I've liked is I could just, I could stare at maps for hours. So, I mean, that was, that was kind of a natural, natural shift for me, but, um, you know, the planning thing might've been a little bit, uh, specialized or focused compared to the whole map stuff. But, um, you know, like, uh, it's funny that I never actually played it, but SimCity, you know, SimCity is like where you can actually design a, a city and that, that always seemed cool to me. Um, so, I mean, it, I kind of fell into that, uh, struggled to find an actual, um, I guess you'd call it like a career out of school and uh, still bartended through all of that. Took me three and a half years after graduating with my master's. Um, that was during the downturn in the economy, you know, back in 08-ish. And I, I think that might've had some role in it, but, um, you know, finally got my shot with the Department of Transportation, uh, Nevada Department of Transportation. And uh, yeah, that was that was in transit, which I hadn't really done uh, up to that point. Um, but transit is definitely a, a key piece to to city planning and transportation planning. So, um, you know, it was it was in my in my realm, in my ballpark, I guess. So uh, took that and ran with it. And here I am and still loving it. Man, that's really cool. It, it's cool to hear that your patience paid off. And, you know, you hear a lot about how guys, you know, guys, gals, whoever, you know, go, go to school, then they get the job right away. But you also hear about some other people who have to wait around and wait for their shot. What was going through your mind during those three years? You know, I'm sure that wasn't easy on you to, to know like, Hey, am I, doing the right thing? Am I going down the right path? Um, I kind of had those doubts too. When I was graduating from school and trying to go into journalism, it was the same kind of thing. It was tough to, to find a job right out of school. But for you, three and a half years, man, how, how are you able to overcome that mentally um, and financially? Yeah, that was, oh man, <laughs> you, you ain't lying about that. Um, that, was, that was a rough patch for sure. We, uh, that was the brokest we've ever been. And really, it, it kind of put my whole life on hold, uh, which is unfortunate because, you know, I was I was trying to do the old fashioned proper thing and, you know, establish a, a nice financial foundation for for uh, my girlfriend at the time before I was going to start taking those next steps of, you know, engaged, married, house, kids, all those type of things. And, um, you know, finally, she, she uh, kind of gave me an ultimatum and was like, do it you know should have get off the pot so <laughs> so it was like okay well 
it, I don't know. That might have been the uh, that might have been the the uh, good luck or the good karma that uh, put things in motion for me. Because after I proposed, it was about uh, it was less than a month before we actually were due to get married. When I got the call that I that I got the job, my first like career job, and um, we uh, ah, man, that was that was life changing. I mean, it was we had one foot out the door to Hawaii we, at the time in the apartment complex we were living in. We had some neighbors who were from Hawaii. He was going to set me up with a bartending job there. We had actually gotten our shots to, to go. Yeah, I guess you have to have special shots and stuff for your dog. So, I mean, we were like all jazzed about going to Hawaii, even though we were, you know, our life wasn't really progressing. Um, but, uh, you know, it all, it all happened. I guess it all happened for a reason. And, um, you know, it was, you know, if I, if I could uh, tell myself, if I could go back in time and tell college me, you know, I would say, <laughs> it sounds, it sounds totally like uh, old man style, but I would say, you know, and pay attention, you know, don't take shortcuts because you're only cheating yourself. You're only going to, uh, you know, delay, delay your own career, delay your own life uh, by doing that. So um, I would definitely be more diligent and more dedicated if I could go back and, and go through school again. So um, to any, any youngsters out there listening, you know, <laughs> be sure you're, you're doing your work and doing it well. So, Man, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Um, being more engaged and being more um, intentional about what you're doing when you're younger is tough. It's tough for all of us. Yeah. And we've talked, I've talked about this on the podcast a few times. Like when you're in that moment, you're not thinking five, 10 years down the road, you're thinking a month from now, two months from now, where am I going to get my next drink? Where am I going to get my next piece of pizza type of thing? But now yeah. as we kind of get older and we grow and we get married and we, we have that time to reflect, it's like, man, yeah, I wasted a lot of time, uh, just kind of messing around and, uh, yeah. it's, it's good yeah. that we're kind of getting our stuff in order now. We made it though, right? We made it out the, out the back end. So somehow. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think, you know, you got to put some stock in yourself too. You have to be able to like you, you know, three and a half years you were struggling, but you kept holding the faith and knew that you were going to get something. And I think once you put it out into the universe, like, well, Hey, I'm going to Hawaii. And the universe was like, Nope, no, you're not. You're staying here. Um, this is where you need to be. Um, so talk me through a little bit about the transportation gig. What is, what does that entail? Are you designing, um, roundabouts? Are you designing traffic flows? What, what is your, uh, some of your duties over there? Yeah. So actually I, I will say, uh, before we completely transition, I'll, I'll say my first boss at that career job uh she had a sticker on her desk that said we make we make plans and god laughs you know so it's just totally fitting you know <laughs> I, like just like you were saying we thought we were going to hawaii nope you're going this way instead so um but anyway yeah so so right now i'm the uh transit program manager at the nevada department of transportation and um you know basically what we do, what our department does, it uh, it's it's not exciting. Uh, <laughs> we we uh, basically we're the pass through entity uh, for federal funds. So the Federal Transit Administration uh, they apportion funding for um, rural transit providers, and we take that money and we award it out to these all these little mom and pop 
uh, transit providers. They're they're basically you know all the senior centers in all the small towns throughout the state, and um, you know there's a a lot of strings that come attached to federal, and so basically we're there to be, you know, the mom or the dad of, of the money. You know, it's like, hey, oh, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You got to do this. <laughs> this regulation over here. You got to follow that. So, I mean, it, it we're we're removed from the actual you know boots on the ground work. Um, but I did have, so I'm I'm back at the Department of Transportation. That was the first job that I got that uh, broke that three and a half year drought for me. Um, did a year there as, as a trainee, went to the city, Carson City, uh, to actually be the transit coordinator for a transit operator, uh, an actual city public bus system. And so that was, that was like, you know, on the ground type work. So I, I really enjoyed that. And it was actually putting together the routes and the schedules and uh, interacting with the people. Um, but it's still, you know, it's still a good gig because, you know, Really, all these little operators throughout the state, they couldn't do it without this money. And so, you know, really without us, they, they would have no other way to provide this essential service. I mean, what they're doing out there is, is totally needed. Um, you know, the trips that they're providing are to people who have no other option. And, uh, you know, especially in the rural areas, when you start to age in place and, you know, you're out there living on a plot of land by yourself and, and uh, all of a sudden you can't do some of the things that you're used to doing, you know, you need, you need that resource, you need that, that uh, lifeline. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what we do. We keep those, those resources flowing, um, even though it's the unglamorous part of the job, uh, you know, it's, it's totally, totally necessary. Um, you know, that's kind of how I look at it. And I know at one point you were looking at going into the, you know, like the nonprofit sector and doing that kind of, not a, not exactly that kind of work, but, you know, kind of human services type stuff. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's fulfilling. It's rewarding. I like the work. I like the job. So it's, it's good. It sounds like it's one of those jobs where you can totally just leave it at work. Is that, is that a fair yeah. statement? Like you're at work from eight to five, then you're home with your family and you can kind of not have to worry about it. Is that true? Yeah, that's, it's, that's a definite plus of the job. And, you know, you start to appreciate that piece of it more and more as you get older as well, because, you know, um, the pay is not great. The state doesn't pay well. Uh, so, um, you know, it, they, they are really flexible and it is that type of job where you're not, you're not home, you can't sleep at night, you know, you've got, you got all these things that you're going to, you know, you're going to hear your phone ping for an email in the middle of the night or that you have to respond to or something like that. So, um, you know, it's, it's definite, definitely um, kind of a, you know, a lower stress job and um, definitely, like I said, rewarding. So what are some of the things that you guys have been doing during the last few months when everything's been crazy? Um, have you been able to get out of the house a little bit and kind of get some fresh air or have you guys been locked down? What's it been like for you guys? Well, we actually started the lockdown a month or two ahead of everyone else because uh, our son was born in January and obviously you're, uh, I mean, you may not know this yet, but when you have kids that are you know fresh out of the womb, newborn, and they don't have their, their vaccines yet, you know, you got to keep them away from all the germs and stuff. So we were basically on lockdown already, uh, just trying to stay out of the public to keep him, you know, away from all those things. But, uh, um, you know, 
we we have been able to get out um you know it was funny because we started to see a lot of the hiking trails get really packed you know like almost like a you know an event in the middle of the town like a farmer's market or something you know you have to you go out there to escape the people and, and they're just packed because everyone else had the same idea but um no we've we found ways for sure to make it work and you know, keep distance but keep from going you know getting cabin fever or whatever so it's been good that's good man that's good and are you guys kind of going back to the start right now in Reno, like I know a lot of other places are trying to get back into lockdown mode a little bit. Is that still going on over there? Or how are you guys? Yeah. Yeah. We're kind of not under the full lockdown that we were back in whatever April. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's the governor's orders are, are to uh, keep that strict distancing again. So, you know, we had loosened up there over the summer for a little while, but now we're kind of tightening the screws again. So, um, which is okay. I mean, we would probably be indoors for the most part through winter anyway. Um, you know, it's, it's a little too cold for some of our, <laughs> some of our clan, <laughs> not me personally, but maybe some of the others. So, uh, yeah. So, um, with uh with all that are you working from home or are you able or are you having to go into the office yeah i've been telecommuting this whole time since wow. middle of march that's so awesome. i mean that's been another great thing um you know having obviously a newborn uh i i get to just pop off the computer for five minutes here and there anytime i want to, to just hold them and feed them or you know play with them for a minute and give mom a break you know so it's <laughs> it's it's actually been I don't know, a blessing in disguise for us, you know, the whole, the whole COVID thing, because obviously without that, I wouldn't have been telecommuting. And now the state is talking about doing some sort of permanent um, part-time telecommute. So they've realized that people can still get their work done telecommuting. And so they're willing to allow you to, um, even once things get back to normal, uh, they're willing to allow everybody to, you know, take a couple of days and still telecommute. So that's, that'll be a really nice feature too. Dang. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so let me ask you this after having one child is having the second child, does that get easier or is there a whole new, uh, breadth of, uh, challenges with having two in the house? Well, it's a little bit of both actually. Uh, I'll, I'll say that, you know, uh, I don't know if you've seen or, or noticed those loves diaper commercials, but it says, you know, first child and, I don't know, one of them is the ladies interviewing babysitters and the girl's got like a Harvard education and, you know, she's like, oh, I don't know. And, and the next time it's like some punk rock teenager and she's like running out the door like, oh, the, the emergency number's on the, on the fridge, you know, and she's just like scooping out the door. So, I mean, first child, second child is, yeah, it's totally different. You just, you kind of, you kind of, uh, eh, just, eh, they'll be fine. You kind of get like that a little bit. Uh, you know, you don't, you're not so uptight about every little thing, but, um, you know, I, I, I say that the first child is a life changer. The second child is a game changer. Um, you know, you're, you're playing man to man now. Uh, so <laughs> you, know, you don't, you don't, you don't have the tap out. You don't have the tag team going up against one kid that, you know, okay, your turn. Okay. Now it's, I'll take a rest. You, you take the kid for a little bit. Now it's, everybody's doing something all the time. So, 
uh, yeah, there's no time to, to take, come up for air. All hands on deck. All hands on deck all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, it keeps you young, right? It keeps you on your toes. So you're ready for all the surprises. I don't know. I don't know if I would say that. I think, I think it keeps me old. I've, I've started to get gray hairs since the second child. So yeah, I don't know. Man, I would take that in a heartbeat. I've been going gray since high school. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, man. Okay. Well, I just, thought I was going to be, you know, non-gray forever. So I guess it had to happen sometime. I can't even tell. So you got that going for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> My wife, the, the hairstylist, tells me oh, it's there. Nice. <laughs> So when, when you were um, paying your dues and right after you graduated from high school or sorry, from college and what were some of the things that you found once you kind of went through the progression of Graham, the bachelor to Graham, the boyfriend to Graham, the husband, let's start with those. Were there things in your life that kind of got flipped upside down because of those changes and how did you adapt to all that? Oh, for sure. I, I had to be trained for sure. Uh, I was not, it's definitely not husband material. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I had to learn to, to think about someone else, you know, instead of just thinking what was most convenient for me or, or whatever. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I had to, I had to uh, get put in a different a mindset for sure. And, um, you know, I, I think that, that marriage certainly, certainly forces you to grow up pretty quickly. And, you know, I, I, I like that. Um, and the kid, having the kid would do the same thing. So it's, it's kind of like the, I don't know, the lungs on the ladder or something, you know, you're, you're making these progressions. And uh, I, I like the changes actually. Um, you know, I know a lot of people tend to look at it at, at what they're losing, you know, going from a bachelor to a uh, married man, you tend to look at some of these things of, well, I can't just go out and get, out and get drunk every night and go out with friends whenever I want and go chase girls or whatever, whatever everybody else is doing, you know, um, you know, you gotta, gotta stop and think and okay, let's, let's work this out. Let's coordinate. Let's figure out what we're doing. And then, uh, even when you're married, you know, going that next step, you can't just pick up and go, Oh, Hey, you want to go to, you want to go to Vegas for the weekend? Let's go. Let's just have a trip. You know, it's, <laughs> I like that anymore you can't <laughs> you know it's the kids it's, you got 10 suitcases for, for anywhere you want to go uh you know did you pack every single thing that you can possibly think of the you know the pack and play the the feeding table the uh butt paste everything but the kitchen sink so um you know some of your uh freedoms kind of restrict a little bit as you go and go um i think that's kind of how people tend to look at it um but again you're 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 growing your life you're growing yourself you're growing your your heart really so um you know that's that's the side that people tend not to see until they're in it and and that that was true for me too you know it was um you know i wasn't even sure i wanted to have kids period and, and uh, you know once you're in it you just wouldn't trade it for the world so um you know yeah i it's definitely a a, a growing up Days. Yeah. yeah, it definitely makes you really rethink things. And even today, um, just, you know, going through things, going through my thoughts, it's like, oh yeah, well, I can't just sit around and watch football all day. 
because my wife is going to have some words for me about that. You know, I need to help, help around the house, get ready for Christmas, whatever that is, you know, making sure that the rooms are clean, making sure that we are crossing things off of our list. Um, it's definitely different because same thing with you. Um, my wife gives me crap all the time about fantasy football until I tell her, Hey, there's money in this. It's kind of like an investment. So the more I watch, the better I'm going to be. So I'm trying to like pick that, pick that angle with her. But yeah, um, speaking of which, do we need to start increasing the uh, dues so that, that it's more worth their while to hear like, oh, I could win a thousand bucks instead of a hundred. Hey, <laughs> maybe we should. Maybe that'll help grow our pot a little bit too. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, when you find that person that you really care about, making those sacrifices gets a little bit easier every single time because sure. you know what's going to be the outcome of that. And I think you're right. That is something that people kind of lose sight of sometimes like, Oh, I can't just go out and meet my buddies every night for drinks. And I can't just go to Vegas. Like you were saying on a weekend, but instead of doing that, you get to spend time with your best friend. And in your case, you get to spend time with your best friend and your two kids. So that's, that's something that you can never replace. Right. And you know, it's hard. It's hard sometimes to not take those things for granted because you know, this is your new life. And so you just feel like, well, it'll just be there. It'll just always be there waiting for me, you know? So why wouldn't I just go out and do my own thing from time to time? So, um, which it's, it's important to do. It's important to have your, your refresh time or, or buddy time or whatever. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely important to keep that in mind of, Hey, this is, this is what I want. You know, you gotta, you gotta remember that you're here for a reason. You chose this, you wanted this and just enjoy it. I mean, um, like I said, it's hard sometimes when those kids are screaming or, you know, they're, they're up late waking everybody up or, or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, it can be, it can be tough, but you know, you just always got to bring yourself back and, and remember why we're there in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So what, what are some of the things that, um, maybe as a, somebody who's thinking about having kids or thinking about getting married, um, what are some of the challenges that you have overcome or maybe some of the lessons that you've learned, um, going from husband to father, um, something in, in there that some words of advice or something that you'd be able to share for someone else? It's tough. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of lessons to be learned the hard way. And, uh, some, some of them you gotta, you know, it's like, going from a teenager to a not, you know, semi-adult of people can tell you it until they're blue in the face, but until you actually experience it for yourself, it, you know, it doesn't hit you. So, um, you know, I think, I think really one, one of the most important things to keep in mind is that it's a partnership uh, in both respects, you know, with, with your wife or your partner. Uh, and then, your kids too. I mean, you're, you're in it together. You know, you gotta, you gotta come together. I mean, there's, there's certain things you can't compromise on. For example, if you want to have a kid or not have a kid, you know, you can't have half a kid. So, you know, it, it's, it's a partnership, you know, you got to make sure that you're in it together. And, um, you know, sometimes you're, you're not going to win all the battles, uh, but you got to make, you got to make sure you can deal with it, you know, deal with, with uh, not getting your way all the time. And, um, 
you know, again, I, I think you come out better in, in the back end when all is said and done. I mean, you don't have to win them all to, to be uh, to be victorious. So, um, you know, yeah, I would just say that it's it's a partnership. So um, make sure that you're both on the same page and together. I totally agree with that. I like the part where you said that you don't have to win every battle. Um, I kind of look at it like a baseball batting average, right? You, you hit the ball three times out of, you get a hit three times out of 10, you're doing pretty good. Um, so I kind of look at it from that angle and I, I feel like Sarah and I are really good at not keeping score because if we, if we did keep score, she would be whooping my ass by so many and I, I would just get upset. So you just, you kind of, that's one of the things that's always stuck out to me is don't keep score. You know? Yeah, that's a good that's a good bit of advice too. You know, I think I think for me it's probably easier said than done because I have this innate ability to uh, not care <laughs> a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So you know, something something bad happens or I get bad news or something doesn't go my way. I, it's easy for me to just it's out of my brain. I mean, it just and it's gone, and I I don't worry about it. I don't dwell on it. I don't get mad about it i don't hold a grudge about it and um you know i think i think it's really helped me a lot in in getting through some of the you know the tougher times you're always going to go through you know certain disagreements or certain um rough patches or whatever and uh you know i think it's just it's just helped me to uh um you know keep keep carrying on and uh i i told my wife actually over over this whole pandemic um, you know, she was telling me that she was getting stressed out and she needed to run to kind of cleanse her mind and, and feel normal again and not panic about what's going to happen tomorrow. And, you know, I told her, like, I've, I've heard, I've heard a lot of people having that issue. And, you know, I think I've learned that I'm a robot because I, I don't need any of those stress relief type things. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I'm not worried about it. I'm just like, whatever, you know, it is what it is. I'll deal with it whatever happens tomorrow, I'll deal with that too. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I, I used to worry a lot and somehow it, it, uh, I don't know, it it came over me. (laughs) I just don't worry anymore. And and it's easy. It's been easy for me. It's been helpful to get through some of this stuff. So, um, I don't know. I, I try to, I try to think of it as now I'm, now I'm consciously making that decision instead of just, it's just happening to me by, by some unknown force. And so I, I try to think of it as choose happiness. You know, you choose happiness. You, something happens, you know, that isn't 100% what you would have chosen. And you can choose to get pissed off about it and, and pout and be mad and, and yell. Or you can just choose to go on with your day and, and get over it and, and just be, do whatever it is that makes you happy. Continue to do whatever it is in your life that makes you happy. And, you know, that's, so that's what I'm trying to do now. I'm, I'm trying to, um, you know, I think I've, I've been a little, a little short on my fuse a lot lately, you know, just having two kids always screaming or crying or one's running or putting themselves in danger, trying to drop an anvil on their head or something that it, you tend to just, snap off sometimes and so i've i've had to pull myself back and make a conscious decision to okay i'm you know bad stuff is going to happen they're kids that's how they learn you know it, it's going to happen and so i'm just going to be calm with them 
you know, take a breath or whatever it takes and, and just, it's okay. It's all right. We're all here. We're good. So yeah, I'm, I'm really trying to, like I said, make that conscious effort to choose happiness. Go this way. Go the happy way instead of a, a negative way. Even if it's something that you know you're going you're gonna to dwell on or it's going to take you some time to get over uh, mentally, you know, sometimes just saying the positive words out loud is, helps get you there. You know, instead of saying, oh, son of a F this and F that, and, and just saying, ah, well, that sucks, but it's okay. You, you know, we'll, we'll move on. You know, sometimes even just saying the words kind of helps you get, get over that hump. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. The being intentional about choosing happiness and finding the bright side of things and nothing is ever as bad as it seems that it could be. You know, we, we, sometimes we get that image built up in our head of all of the bad things that are going to happen. And if a situation doesn't go our way, like you were saying, we, we get this image of our mind, but then it happens and it's totally fine. And you're like, I just spent all this time worrying for that. Like there, there's that saying, you know, expect the worst, but hope for the best. There's still that level that you can be prepared for something to happen. But if you dwell on it, you're, you're putting that out to the universe. And that's probably what's going to happen. It's probably not going to go your way if you have those negative thoughts and feelings towards it. But if if you take the Graham approach and be more, um, if you choose the happiness path, you know, that's where things get better. And I think it's all about the energy, right? It's all about the energy that you want to put towards your things. And if you put your energy towards things that are negative or are just that you can't change, now you're wasting your energy instead of focusing your energy on your kids or your wife. Um, some of those different things, I think that can make a huge impact too. Yeah. And, you know, I, I tend to be more logic based. And so I think one of the things that got me over the whole worrying thing, I guess that I used to worry a lot, uh, was simply by me sitting here worrying, how does that improve my situation? You know, okay, yeah, potentially I could identify some solutions, uh, which is which is productive, but just plain out, flat out worrying about it, like, oh, the sky is falling, you know, that, that doesn't that doesn't fix whatever bad thing there is. You know, you have to go out and take action or you have to just let it happen and deal with it when it comes. Um, sitting there worrying about it doesn't really, it's unproductive and it doesn't help the situation at all. So, you know, I think that's been part of what's allowed me to get over the whole worrying phase. So I don't, I don't worry too much anymore. It still happens, but not too much. Was that just a, you said that you didn't know exactly when that changed. Was it kind of a gradual shift then from everything that you've been through? You know, those three and a half years probably had something to do with it where you were probably getting tired of wasting all your negative energy about, oh, I don't have my job. I'm not in my career now. And just in that timeline, being able to shift your focus into something more positive, that's probably when those positive things started to happen. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've tried to pinpoint it before because I, I remember worrying a lot in high school, for example. But um, some sometime in college or at the end of college, it, it kind of went away, and I don't I don't know when it was. It, you're probably right. It was probably the, the three and a half years of, of trying to wait for a job. You know, like eventually I just had to be like, oh, the hell with it. If, if it happens, it happens. If not, we're going to Hawaii. So. 
And that's when things happen. Like that's when, when you put so much pressure on yourself, that's when things don't work. But when yeah. you just kind of let it flow and let it be, that's, that's when things actually start happening. And it's, it's this really weird thing because you would think that focusing your energy on something would make it come to life. But right. when you put your hands back and kind of forget about it, you know, you hear about all these stories about, um, single men and women who try so desperately to find a partner and then they stop looking and that's when they meet somebody and right. that's when they meet their partner for life. And that, that just blows my mind because it's the complete opposite of what we were just talking about. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think you're onto it. It's, oh, you want it so bad. You, you got to just let it go and say, I don't care. yeah, yeah, exactly. Choose happiness. If you're, if you're happy with yourself, you will find a partner who is just as happy with you too. There you go. Boom. Look All at right, that. Logan, we just solved the world problems. Okay. Man. That's one session, I guess. That's pretty good. And I'm not even having any whiskey right now. How did that happen? <laughs> it's like you're going the gram route again. Never have. Was that just, you just didn't have a desire to do it because you saw the stupid things your friends were doing? Yeah, I was the, the one out of the million kids that the D.A.R.E. program worked on. You know, I was... I was scared and I, I was worrying about all the, the bad things that might happen to me if I, if I did drugs or drank or smoked or whatever. So, um, you know, that was what did it for me as a kid. But, you know, into, into high school or adulthood, I don't, I don't know. I, yeah, I just never really had that desire. And um, in college, it was almost like a, you know, a school thing. I was, oh, my God. Wow. I've never had a great thing. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was a, it was combination of a lot of things. I don't I don't think it was any one thing that did it. It was probably like fifteen little things that when you combine them, it, 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 that was kind of like, oh, I don't need to, you know. Yeah, if it's not going to improve your situation, if you're not going to get anything out of it, yeah, man. Like by all means, I I applaud you for that. That that takes some uh, fortitude. Uh, to be able to go through college, especially at UNR, which is a huge party school. It's tough because especially like you say, at a party school like UNR, you know, whenever anybody hears that, first that's that becomes their mission for the night. When they hear that, oh, you're having a drink tonight. You're ha- you're gonna have your first drink with me. Because I'm different and more special than everybody else that has ever you've ever met in your life. Because <laughs> they haven't tried. So yeah, it it did uh, it did take a little fortitude, but um, you know, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, sometimes it felt like I was only resisting to resist. It's not any one reason. It's, I've had people say, what are you Mormon? What are you Quaker? What, how, oh, you're super religious. What's the matter with you? And no, I'm not religious at all, really. Um, it's, I, I don't know what it is. Again, I can't explain it, but, um, yeah. Like I said, I applaud you for that. I think that's really cool. And, not, not the drinking part. Like the drinking part is, you know, that's, that's a choice that you made, but I'm more proud of the way that you've stuck to it and not let somebody peer pressure you and not just say, Oh yeah, well, I'm going to have a shot tonight just to try it. Like you've already made that decision in your life. You know, it's not going to improve your life or your situation. So you're sticking to it. And that, that's really rare these days. I feel like. Yeah. And and again, like I said, I mean, that, that became part of it, you know, of, I was resisting to resist, but also because it was like a unique thing about me. I've never probably had unique things about me in my whole life. So I was, oh, cool. You know, maybe I'll stick with it. You know, because once you do one shot or one sip, that's all gone. You can't ever say, I've never had a, a drink before. And so, 
I'm sure your body appreciates that too. Well, I mean, it didn't help me in school. I'm still not that smart. So it didn't, it didn't really help. I mean, imagine how dumb I would be uh, if I had. So, um, <laughs> actually, Sean, you know, Sean, yeah. uh, his, his uh, saying for me eventually became, uh, and he ain't even drunk. Because I would do stupid shit at a, at a, at a weekend college party, house party. And I wasn't, I was the only one doing stupid shit and I was the only one not drinking. And so he would, he would, he eventually just started saying, and he ain't even drunk. So it kind of became my thing. That's yeah, awesome. I don't, I don't need alcohol to be stupid. I'm already stupid. <laughs> I kept talking with my wife about the drinks that I had this weekend. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I killed a good amount of brain cells this weekend. And, uh, I was pretty pathetic yesterday and, <laughs> I, I think about that. I'm like, what, you know, what was that about? Um, but yeah, I can't afford that, Logan. So that's, that's another <laughs> another of my 15 years ago. I can't, I can't do it. I can't afford it. It does get expensive. I will say that it does get expensive. Well, I can't afford that or the brain cells too. True, true. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man, we've been talking for a while. We've covered a lot of ground. Is there anything else that we should talk about tonight, or should we save some content for the next one? Yeah, let's save some content for the next one. We, we, we got to keep this rolling. So, yeah, let's save something. That's a deal. That's a deal. Graham, thanks for being on, man. Spend some time with me. We talked about things that we have literally never talked about in our 14 years of friendship, which <laughs> is awesome. Like, that's what it's this awesome, is for. Also a shame. Yeah. Yes. Also a shame. I, I, I appreciate this opportunity, Logan. And, you know, on air or off air, we should, we should definitely do this more often. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'll take you up on that. Well, hey, take care. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good.